Hello and welcome to this episode of the Strong Girls Squad. Just a quick reminder that the next intake of the Evolve and Six program starts on Monday the 6th of November. So if you're interested in finding out a bit more about the program and how I can help rewire your training, your diet, your lifestyle and your mindset, then just click the show notes below and get in touch. Hello ladies. I am going to be chatting through some of the struggles that popped up in check-ins this week as per normal. And all I have to say is I know it's a day late. Normally I would be recording this on a Tuesday and I'll get it out to you on a Tuesday. But if I'm being completely honest, my day went to shit yesterday. By the time I got home, the bloody finger was throbbing and honestly, I just could not get my head in it. And and instantly, obviously, I felt bad because I had set these expectations and obviously normally I get this podcast out on a Tuesday. But the reason I'm telling you this is because sometimes you have to give yourself a break. I didn't purposely set out for my day to turn out the way it did, but it did. And I just knew that my mental capacity to be able to answer your struggles and talk about them was not there. And I wasn't going to show up as my best self. So I decided to not record yesterday cut myself some slack and I knew that today would be in a much better mindset. To be honest with you, I went to record this at around three o'clock this afternoon and again, I just couldn't get my words out. I couldn't make sense. I started to record it and then I had to stop and I just thought, look, give yourself a break, come away from it for a bit and then when you get home later, record it. And I'm freaking so happy I did that because I can get my senses out and I'm in a much better place mentally to be able to record this um, podcast for you and the reason I'm telling you that is because it's just a perfect example of shit's not always going to go your way and you may set these expectations for yourself that you want to you know kind of hold yourself to but it's not always going to happen and the worst thing you can do is like be critically hard on yourself, put yourself down, make yourself feel worse for it because it doesn't get you anywhere. Whereas if you just accept what it is and then come, you know, for example, like I initially I felt a bit bad, obviously, but then, you know, I thought, look, at the end of the day, I just mentally, I wasn't there. Even today, I wasn't there. I had a break from it. I came back to it and now I'm in a much better place um, to record. So hopefully to record. I haven't eaten yet, so we'll see. Um, Yeah, I kind of just wanted to, I guess, give you my experience of yesterday and how my day didn't go to plan and how I didn't get the shit done that I really, really needed to get done. But the world didn't end. I'm recording this now and you just accept it and move on. So hopefully that made sense. Anyway, I'm going to jump straight in to uh, a couple of the struggles, okay? So the first struggle was I struggled with my body image this week after uploading my photos. I hate my arms and this really knocked me back. But I realized after listening to your podcast that change won't happen overnight. And as my husband said, after losing six and a half stone, I look 100% better. I think my first thing on this is like, it's completely normal to have feelings of like wanting to change the way you look or you know, wanting to change, I guess, certain parts of our body. But like, and at the end of the day, you are allowed to be working yourself both physically and mentally. But I think it's important to recognize that like, it is really important to recognize it's important. See what I mean? I think it's um, essential to recognize that how we talk to ourselves matters. Okay. If we 
can, you know, put ourselves down or nitpick at certain parts of our body negatively, what's going to happen is that you're going to like cement the belief or like the idea that it's true. So the more you say you hate your arms and the more you like look in the mirror and constantly check them and um, kind of put that particular part of your body down, the shitter you're going to feel and the more you're going to cement that idea that, you know, you're not happy with your arms, they need to change, they're not perfect. So how you t- how you talk to yourself matters. And look, we all go through it. We all have negative thoughts about potentially certain parts of our body or things that we want to change. And I like, I'm not saying, you know, you can just flip the switch and you're supposed to be super positive and say that you love every single part of your body because I, I don't. But I think it's also recognizing that like, what are you comparing your, you know, who are you comparing your arms to or who are you comparing your body to? Because if you're comparing your body to a freaking someone, like a celebrity on the magazine or someone you see on social media, you need to recognize that that photo is no doubt edited and people only put up the best shots. Like I've taken loads of selfies before where I thought shit, 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 shit. And then one has good lighting or one has a good angle and, you know, my arms didn't look bigger or my belly looked flatter. Like the things you see on social media and on magazines are all, well, I don't edit my photos, but like magazines and things like that, they're edited a hundred percent. Okay. You see it all the time on the internet, but like when you see a photo of someone, like they, they're only putting up the best angle of them. That doesn't mean they actually look like that. That doesn't mean their bum looks like that. That doesn't mean their t- arms are that toned. Um, and I think one thing is like, I often look, my skin's quite, well, I, I look at social media and I look at some like influencers and like fitness coaches and I think fucking hell, like their skin's so smooth and glowing and tanned and it just looks perfect. I think mine is totally not like that at all. Like, and especially cause I've got this bloody rosacea thing happening, like, that's something that I'll wake up in the morning and like I've said it before to myself I'm like fucking hell I'm like I hate this I hate my face and then when I have a think about it I'm like why am I saying such a negative thing to myself when you know it's just a part of me it's like you know we're all imperfect no woman has a perfect body okay no woman has perfectly shaped arms well maybe maybe some do but like real women like real normal freaking day-to-day women who um you know are working who have tons of responsibility who have so much shit going on in their life they don't have perfect bodies because we're not athletes we're not fucking supermodels we're not all these people like jumping on stage like we're not them we're normal people and I think it's really important to recognize that and come away from talking negatively to yourself because Like I said, if you talk negatively to yourself, you start to believe these things and a lot of the time they're just in our head. So um, that is probably the first part to that kind of struggle. Um, And I think the second part is that like it's funny how, and I'm going to talk specifically to this person because I know how freaking hard you've been working. I know how much you've been training. I know how much you've incorporated strength training to your life. Like you've made such, such big changes in such a short amount of time. And I can honestly see the confidence, like just in the way that like when you message me and what you talk about um, has grown so much. And it's funny how 
one negative can wipe out all the fucking, you know, positives that you actually have achieved. And we always tend to focus on that one negative, despite the 10 to 20 other positives that, you know, um, have come about from all these changes. So try not to get too bogged down in that one negative when you've got a million and other one positives going on right now from what you're achieving. And just lastly on this, I think the next time this happens, which it, it will happen, you know, it's just it's just normal part of bloody life and being a female and, you know, having freaking social media to compare ourselves to, is that I want you to, before you start talking negatively to yourself, okay, I want you to, instead of like pick out potentially imperfections about your body and what you apparently aren't happy with. You need to remind yourself of how freaking amazing your body is. The fact that you have the ability to be able to strength train and, um, you know, to be able to lift weights and all that type of stuff is incredible. I think that's a massive win in itself. And just recognizing like what your body actually does for you, as opposed to potentially that one tiny bit of yourself that you're not hundred percent happy with, um, and yeah, just just recognizing how proud of like you are of your body for letting you do all the things that allows you to live your life, allows you to strength train and allows you to feel great because you do feel great. You've told me so many times how amazing you feel. Um, so just try and come away from, you know, pinpointing that one negative thing and just, you know, and just kind of focusing on that one. And I'm not saying it's negative, but obviously it's something that you're kind of struggling with at the moment. And start recognizing how incredible your body actually is, how much stronger you are and everything it actually can do for you that allows you to live your life happily. Um, And also just remember social media, people only put up the good shit, the good angles, the good lighting and, you know, the good outfits or, you know, if their tummy looks a little bit thinner or, you know what I mean? So I think that's just something to remember. But hopefully that was helpful. Um, sometimes I waffle on, as you know. Moving on to the next one, feeling sorry for myself and my state at the moment. Um, I let myself down over the weekend. Okay, firstly, we need to start asking ourselves why more, okay? What happened? And what went wrong to make you feel like that? And also the time and energy, and I'm saying this to everyone because we've all gone through it at some point and you will go through it again. That's the natural part of life, you know, and having goals and just trying to freaking handle everything is that instead of spending that time and energy dwelling and feeling sorry for yourself about what happened, why don't you put that time and energy into figuring out, okay, how can I improve for next time? How can I make sure that this is not a repeat every single fucking weekend? I've swore a few times in this podcast. I think it's because I'm really passionate. I don't know. Um, so it's always about the swearing, but I'm sure you guys all know me by now to know that this is what I do. So yeah, don't spend that freaking time and energy on dwelling and feeling sorry for yourself spend that time and energy figuring out okay how the heck am I going to make sure this doesn't happen again okay so first and foremost what happened what went wrong and why did it happen okay until you sit down and reflect and give yourself time to think about what actually was the struggle over the weekend why did I choose to do what I do did 
um, even though it didn't align with my goals, you're going to continue reliving this every single weekend. Okay. You, you can't expect things to change if you don't sit down and figure out the root cause of them. Because once you figure out the root cause of them, then you can make a plan and then you can like kind of, you can see, okay, this is why I was doing, or I made these decisions or I ate this food. So now I know why, how can I put little strategies in place to make sure that next weekend I'm less likely to do that. Okay. So like, for example, why did it happen? Did you not plan for your meals over the weekend? I.e. a lot of like, well, I try and encourage this to all you guys, but a lot of them will just plan Monday to Friday their meals and then think that, well, Saturday and Sunday doesn't count. And then that's where the hell they go wrong. When you're planning your meals, plan seven days a week. Buy for seven days a week. Breakfast, lunch, dinner, snacks, buy for seven days. The foods in the fridge or in the cupboard, it means you have an option when it comes to it. Because if you got nothing in the fridge, you got nothing in the cupboard, of course you're going to make a probably not a mindful choice. I know I wouldn't. I've done it before. Even on the weekend, I didn't have shit in my cupboard and fridge. So I freaking picked the easiest option and ate. Just like, I don't say food is good or bad, but you know when you're eating food that's not as nutritionally dense for you. So is that one of the reasons? Is it because you generally didn't eat regularly throughout the day on Saturday or Sunday? Again, I did that last weekend. I didn't eat regularly. I probably had maybe lunch I think because I was busy working or whatever and then that meant in the afternoon I went to Tesco's uh, smashed a bag of Harry Bows, just bought like uh, loads of garlic bread loads of shit and that's what I ate because I didn't eat regularly throughout the day I was hungry and when you're hungry you don't make good decisions this is why you should also never go shopping when you're hungry I will never go shopping when I'm hungry because my taste buds are through the roof when I am and I will get everything under the sun, even lollies. And that is why you shouldn't go shopping when you're hungry. Side note that I just say that. Um, is it because you didn't control the meals that you could? For example, if you knew you were having a meal out on Saturday night, how come you didn't look at controlling your breakfast and your lunch and your snacks throughout the day? Because you have control over that. And doing that makes going out for a meal at night a hell of a lot more enjoyable because you know you you feel I don't always like I say on track but like obviously this looks different for everyone but you know you made mindful decisions you made sure you got your protein and you made sure your food throughout the day was nutritious so that when you went out for that meal at in the evening you were happy to you know enjoy that experience and you know potentially be a bit more relaxed with it because you knew you, you know, you had stuck to what you had planned throughout the day. Did you have an unplanned social occasion, but you just weren't mindful on the choices that you were making? Those are things that you need to start thinking about. And then that way, once you start recognizing it, you can say, okay, well, what, what can I do next time to reduce this happening or avoid it altogether? And like I said, if this is something that, you know, happens every weekend, then you need to take a step back, you need to reflect and you need to ask yourself why. Because until you start recognizing what the hell is going on, nothing's going to change. You're going to keep making the same mistakes. You're going to keep going through that vicious cycle and it's you'll get nowhere. And I think it's important to know that like you are in control of the decisions you make. When people say, oh, I just lose control and um, 
I'm just not in control. I don't have any willpower. Yes, you bloody well do. Okay. You're choosing to make those decisions. If you can be in control enough to make the decision to smash a whole block of chocolate or completely overindulge or smash a big bloody Domino's pizza, if you have the ability to make that decision, you have the control to con- that can change it. But you have to put in the work and make a conscious effort. It doesn't just happen. You don't just have willpower. You don't just have this inner strength to say no to a bag of Harry Bows or a big bloody pizza. It doesn't just happen. You you have to make yourself, or like I guess I guess what I'm trying to say here is, you have to make a conscious decision about those choices. Okay, because that is the only way things are going to change. So that was that one. Um, the next one is about weekend social occasions and like meetups. Okay. First and foremost, you should never avoid social occasions or going out for meals out, etc. I will never in my life ask you to do that because what is the point of looking after yourself and having a goal if you can't go out and enjoy your life? Like your life would be shit if you if you had to avoid those things. And to be honest, you'd probably just end up bloody overeating or having a few bebos anyway, because you'd be so depressed about not having any plans or not being able to do anything just because you had a bloody weight loss goal. So I will never in my life tell you to do that. But it's about learning how to make more mindful decisions and not just saying fuck it and then, you know, go to town on the booze or go to town on the food. Like Again, this aligns with the last thing I was talking about. Like you're in control of your decisions. It means that you have to you have to plan, you have to be prepared. And this isn't always gonna happen. Shit's gonna pop up all the time. But if this is a constant battle for you, then something needs to change. And that's only gonna come from you sitting down and working out what the hell's going on and how can I make improvements for next time. And I think, you know, if you have a weight loss goal, this is especially important. Because ultimately, if you're continuously overeating on the weekend, then this is going to reduce your calorie deficit and it's going to make the weight loss process a hell of a lot longer. So for example, like if you're hosting people around, so I have a client who is hosting, um, you know, some of their friends and family around on the weekend and her mum's going to be making um, two dishes, a biryani and, you know, a I think it was like a deep fried chicken something. I can't quite remember what it was. Anyway, obviously she's quite concerned. She's like, I don't like, what should I do? What I would say is, is that you don't have to have everything on the table. I know it may look delicious, but again, can you have the best of both worlds? Can you have one dish and then be content with that, be satisfied with that because it's going to taste delicious. And then when you finish that, not feel guilty because you bloody stuffed yourself, but also because you know what you've done hasn't aligned with your goals. Can you pick one dish that you think, oh, that's really what I feel like, so I'm going to have that, and I don't need to have the other six dishes on the table. So that's option one, okay? Um, Another option is that could you grab, like, if you do want to have a few bits and bobs, like you don't just want to stick to one meal, have one plate. Put the food on one plate and don't go back for seconds. Okay, this isn't to say you bloody, you know, pile your plate up to the ceiling. But if you want a little bit of everything, put a little bit of everything on your plate and just stop at one. That is your limit. Because again, it satisfies you, you get you get the best of both worlds, you get to have taste of all these little foods. But then you get to stop, not feel guilty for overeating and still feel like you're in control of your decisions. 
Another thing you could do is um, like use a smaller plate. So instead of having a massive plate where you just pile, 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 if you feel like that's something that you struggle with, grab a smaller plate and then, you know, add your food to that. Because again, that it just comes down to portion control. And sometimes making even the smallest change like that can have a significant difference on um, kind of how you feel about yourself after you've eaten the food and still being in control of, uh, you know, making mindful decisions around food. Another thing you could do is like, if you have a bit of a smorgasbord, I love a smorgasbord, by the way, um, of food, you can still create a nutritious meal. I mean, obviously it depends what's on the on the uh, bloody, you know, table. But generally, you know, is there a portion of protein that you could have put on your plate? Do, can you stick to just one portion of carbs? Like, do you have to have bloody the garlic bread, the potato dwarfenoise, the pasta? Like, do you have to have all three portions of those carbs? Or can you pick one? Can you think, right, I want to go for the pasta tonight. That's what I'm going to have. I don't need to have the garlic bread. I don't need to have the bloody potato dwarfenoise. I don't know if I'm saying that right, but in Australia we call it a potato bake. So, but I feel like over here everything just sounds way more posh. That's um, another tip that you could do. And then, lastly, um, for meals out, like, or if you're like having a day out and you know that you're going to be eating out, like, is there meals around that time out that you can control? For example, just say you know you're heading into London or whatever for a couple of hours you know for lunch you have control over your breakfast so make sure you have a high protein breakfast okay are you coming home that evening you have control over your dinner so make sure you have a nutritious high protein dinner you don't just because you have one meal out that may be a bit more overindulgent doesn't mean the rest of your day should go to shit plan this because if this is important to you, if your weight loss goal is important to you then these are things you need to do you know you're going to be in London you know you're going to be probably having you know a few I don't know, snacks and things like that. Make sure your breakfast is on point and then make sure you know what you're having for dinner when you get home because then you're in control. You feel in control. You don't feel like you've just let everything loose despite going out for a few hours and potentially, you know, quote unquote, feeling a bit off track. I think that's another tip. And then here, another one. Um, When eating out, and I'm sure you've heard this before, um me say this before but like again you don't have to have starter main dessert and an alcoholic beverage pick two of the four making small changes like this just makes you feel a little bit more in control of the decisions you're making and hopefully reduces the chances of you completely stuffing yourself and going to town I mean if you eat out very rarely then you know you do you you indulge I'm all for that because I don't eat out rarely I will literally have I'm not a big dessert person, but I will have, you know, starter, main, side, which, you know, can be quite a lot because I can eat a lot. Um, But if you're someone who tends to go out every weekend and you're quite social and you're going to be eating meals out, like start thinking about this method. It's super easy. Okay. Or when you get to the restaurant, go straight to the protein section. You know, normally they'll have like, I don't know, steak, fish, pork, lamb, vegetarian options. Go straight to the menu up, like menu section there. Pick that. Add some veggies. Bob's your uncle. You've got a delicious meal that you don't have to cook, but you're also making more mindful decisions about the food that you're eating. So it's not about avoiding these social occasions and avoiding meetups. Um, it's about, I guess, learning to control the decisions that you're trying to make. If you go for coffee with a friend, 
okay, do you have to have the coffee and the brownie and the piece of cake? Ask yourself, do you have to have that? Are you hungry enough for that? Do you want that? How is that going to make you feel when you eat it? Because a lot of the time you don't need it. Let's be honest. It's delicious. And I know it can be, you know, a bit tempting to have it, but just because your friend's having a big slice of cake doesn't mean you have to as well. Like make sure you eat a sufficient meal before you go out if you can plan it in advance so that when you get to the coffee shop you can order your favorite coffee and that be enough again these are you know kind of things that you need to think about in event don't just put it in the fuck it basket don't just say all right i'm here you're having it i'll have it like if you really don't want the cake because your goals are important to you then you need to be able to say no and The only way you're going to be able to do that is if you start putting things into practice, if you start planning, if you start prepping. That is the only way that this shit is going to change. Um, And last little struggle was uh, just about getting steps in. And something that I recommended to to this client is because some days um, she can get 7,000 steps in, no worries. Other days it falls short. So what I would suggest with this obviously every day we want general movement like I would expect everyone to be getting no less than 5,000 steps a day because just general movement is good for the bloody body okay um and recognizing that your steps have a far bigger impact on your weight loss results and your weight management than the workouts the workout should just be seen as a way to get strong tone up and build some lean muscle but your movement outside the sessions is what's going to impact your results a hell of a lot quicker hell of a lot quicker a hell of a lot more so you know just for example if you're exercising in the morning you think oh, okay I've exercised this morning I don't have to do anything else for the rest of the day that is incorrect you may actually negate the deficit you're trying to create both are as important as each other they play different roles so that's why you need to prioritize both but if you're struggling with your steps just say there's a couple of days where you're just super busy at work you've got extreme long days which means you only get 5,000 on those days that's fine. What you can do is look at a weekly average, okay? So in this case, I'm so bad at math. What is it? 7,000 times seven. Oh, so this case, it's 42,000 over the course of the week. What this client or what my client can do is, um, you know, on a couple of days where she just doesn't have as much time, make sure she hits a 5,000 step target, no worries. But then on the other days throughout the week when she does have a bit more time, then she can look at, you know, potentially increasing it to 8,000 on those days. So that ultimately over the course of the week, it's a weekly average, still getting the overall movement in. But also you, you like, like I said, I haven't said don't get any steps in on the days that she can't get as many in because I still want her to move because it's good for her. But just reducing that target takes a bit of the stress out of it. And also, I guess, a bit of the guilt of thinking, shit, I haven't hit my target today. I've ruined everything. You haven't ruined everything. It's a bit like your calories. Let's look at it as a weekly average and do it that way. Because at the end of the day, you're still achieving it. The last two little things that I just wanted to mention um, was around... When you ladies start like the first week of a new block of training, what I want you to remember is that first week is going to be kind of like a testing week, okay? Your workouts may take a little longer because you've got new exercises to learn. You've got to figure out kind of where you're at with your weights and just get used to it. But this is completely normal. Every time I get a new block of training, my first week is just about kind of um, 
getting used to the movements, getting used to the workouts, figuring out like, okay, what, you know, how many um, kgs can I do on a reverse lunge, etc. I go through the exact same thing as you. So it's normal, but you still should be making sure that you're doing all the three workouts or however many workouts I've programmed for you because I'm talking to my, you know, all my clients in this podcast. Um, so like just because you have a new week of training and, you know, you, you're conscious of your time. I mean, the workouts generally, they don't take that long anyway that I program because I want it to be effective and kind of I want you to get in, get out as quick as you can, but still make sure you get a good workout in. But like with the workout, I don't want you repeating that same workout two, three times a week just because you're familiar with it. You need to make sure that on that first week of your new training block, you're taking the time to go through the new workouts to get familiar with them because ultimately the only way you're going to get better at any movement, you're going to get stronger and you're going to get more comfortable with the different types of movements is by doing this. And everyone goes through the same thing. So that first block of your new training block, just be mindful that it may take a little longer, that you may have to watch the videos, that you may have to read the instructions. That's okay because I have to do that when I go through my first block, like my new block of training. It's normal because it's unfamiliar. But once you've done it once, it gets easier. And then as you go through the weeks, again, it gets hopefully the workout doesn't get easier but you know knowing what to do knowing what weights to use knowing the flow of the workout gets easier but that's only going to happen if you give it a go and if you like put the time aside to you know just get used to that first week and then as the weeks go by as I said it gets better um and then lastly it was just about in regards to kind of swapping in different forms of exercise so I would recommend making sure that you get a minimum of two strength training sessions in per week, no less than that. Um, Obviously, I want you to enjoy your training. So if this means on the third session, you want to swap something like aerobics or maybe Pilates or yoga in, then 100% I want you to do it or like a gym class. I know a few ladies do some gym classes, so they swap that in. I want you to do that because at the end of the day, I want you to enjoy it, okay? Um, and, you know, having the best of both worlds is key here. But, um, you know, swapping a Pilates class or a cardio or a jog, you know, out for a um, strength training workout, it doesn't have it, it doesn't have the same effect, so to speak, okay? Your strength training sessions are going to help you build muscle. They're going to help you get strong. They're going to help make sure our, you know, muscles and bones stay strong. So you need to prioritize two of them a week minimum. And then that third session, you can add in something that you enjoy just to kind of make sure that, like I said, you're loving your program, you're loving your training, and you actually look forward to it. Because the last thing I want you to do is not look forward to your training. Because if you don't look forward to your training, then there is a higher chance that you won't do it. Um, so minimum of two a week, and then the third session, swap something else in if you want. But obviously, you know, ideally, if you can get the three in, that's what I want you to do. Um, three workouts a week, I think is more than manageable. And this is a thing with strength training, okay? Like, you don't stop strength training when you reach a goal. All women should be strength training minimum of two to three times a week for their life, for the rest of their life. It doesn't just stop when you reach your weight loss goal. You continue to train every week for the rest of your life for a few reasons. Like I mentioned earlier, 
We want to maintain and be able to build lean muscle. We want to make sure our bones and our muscles are strong. But also, how freaking good do you feel when you've done a bloody workout? You got those happy endorphins throwing. I mean, there is massive health benefits and the reduction in chronic diseases that come from strength training because ultimately strength training is going to help us you know, aid in making sure that our our weight is at a healthy enough weight so that we can reduce chronic diseases and aches and pains and like not being able to move. So that is, I brought that up because that was a question I got asked the other week. And I just want you to remember that now because you work with me I hope you're never not going to be strength training you'll have your weeks here or there where you have a break but generally this is a part of your lifestyle now and it's not going anywhere it shouldn't go anywhere and hopefully you can see the massive benefits it's had on your life already how you feel mentally but how you feel physically so ultimately you don't want to give that up and I'm you know I hear it quite a lot from my clients is like you know if they've gone away for a couple of weeks like or, you know, they've had a weekend away, like they're actually excited to get back into training, like they've missed it. And when they say that, I think, oh, this is amazing because it means that they they want it in their life. They want to have it in life. They like, they see the benefits physically and mentally. So hopefully that means it's going to stick for a hell of a lot longer. Um, but that's it from me today. I hope you enjoyed the episode. Any questions at all, uh, please, obviously just chuck it in the WhatsApp group. I'll be happy to answer them and I will talk to you guys soon.